Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor is Jessica Burbank, Rebel HQ contributor extraordinaire and analyst. And in the bullpen, my debate segment, we have Mr. Joe Collins, California congressional candidate, Republican talk show radio host. He wants to debate how student debt relief is just wrong. Should be interesting. First story of the day. Remember, I told you I was not Boo Boo the fool. The alleged missing officer was not missing at all. As I said from day one, she in fact was the person who got the inmate now inmate on the run out of jail. Uh, evidence has been exposed that shows they had a two year relationship before she let him out of jail. We got some video, here it is. Yeah, that's called an escape. She was the assistant director. She outranked everybody, broke all of their protocols, violated all of their rules, and this happened. He's a very dangerous person, by the way. So a time stamped footage released by local authorities showed that woman, Vicki White. Let's put up a picture, Vicki White, who was tasked with transporting detainees, backing her sheriff's vehicle into the Sally Port of the Lauderdale County Jail in Florence around 9.30 a.m. All right, now remember, this is all happening in Alabama. Let's put up a picture of the person she helped escape, okay? Now this is interesting because his name is Casey White. They have the same last names. Now the sheriff's office, they have noted there's no relation. Wait a minute, Sheriff, how the hell do you know? You didn't even know that they were dating for two years inside of your jail. You released a statement saying that your guard had been kidnapped and she was missing rather than she actually helped him escape. Seems as if you all don't know what the hell is going on. She entered the building and returned less than a minute later with the handcuffed orange jumpsuit wearing suspect. After letting him into the back of the cruiser, she walked around the car, got in the driver's seat and took off according to the footage. <clears throat> now remember, she had just put in her retirement. According to another report, she sold her house. This was a clear, <clears throat> a clear escape by way of the director. She was once again, the assistant director of corrections. An ex-girlfriend of the accused murderer who escaped said Tuesday, she is freaking out. After the inmate who once promised to kill her remained on the loose along with a rogue corrections official. The unidentified woman spoke as authorities released video footage of suspect Casey White, 38 years of age, and the county's assistant director of corrections, Vicki White, 56, leaving jail together while a manhunt for the pair continued. There's more. Dave, the local police, promised to step up patrols, but we are freaking out. We don't know if he is going to show up and take us out like he tried to do before. The woman told Huntsville Way 31 from an undisclosed location. I thought I would never 
have to worry about him again. Casey White is very dangerous to everybody that is around him. There's a reason why protocols are in place, especially for individuals who are in for murder because of things like this. Now, remember, she's not the only one who violated protocol. The people who allowed her to violate protocol violated protocol as well. She continued to violate protocol up until the day of the escape. She lied to officials. She was able to transport this person without another deputy present, which was completely against protocol. It was all based on the fact that they trusted her, or at least they believed she was worthy of violating every common sense protocol. And she had been doing it for years. Um, the escaped inmate was charged with two counts of capital murder in September 2020 in the stabbing death of Connie Ridgeway 58 and was already serving a 75 year sentence for the 2015 crime spree in which he was convicted of shooting a person and a dog according to the officials. Vicki White who had and they're saying a special relationship with the suspect to whom she is not related with the inmate after saying she was taking him to a mental health evaluation that turned out to be completely non-existent. According to the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office, she is now wanted for permitting or facilitating escape in the first degree police said. Now she has not been charged with the other violations such as violation of oath of office and a few more. Not sure if those charges will be upgraded when they are caught, if they are ever caught. But here's the reality, the reality is they want you to think that this is isolated, that somehow Vicki White represents a silo of their particular industry, policing. But no, this is corruption and this is simply another expression of corruption. And the fact that she was left unchecked for two years, engaging in violation after violation after violation, allows you to know the kind of culture her industry allowed. This is why this has happened. Now you have someone who's actually a killer, a person who is actually dangerous on the run because the police let him out. Thoughts on this? Yeah, first reaction is that this is the least romantic love story I've ever heard. <laughs> um, it actually makes me sick to my stomach. And it's not because someone who was supposed to be in prison got out because I don't like seeing human beings in cages, but in lieu of a system, of restorative justice and healing. We worry that people like him will get the help they need. The people who are in danger now, apparently he threatened to kill this ex-girlfriend on one occasion. And the power dynamics here are of course extremely unethical. And I don't think she was the only one involved. When you've just sold your house, you've got $100,000 potentially in cash and he's just walking out and this is not a small person. You wonder if the other people who work there were paid off. And really what it comes down to is people in power thinking that they're above the law when they're supposed to be enforcing it and keeping people safe. Very well said. Let's talk about Congressman Madison Cawthorn, who now has a gay porn tape that's going around social media. Uh, we are not able to show you this particular video because it is classified as pornography. Um, but it's clear 
that Congressman Cawthorn is naked, humping the face of another man in his bed while another person is recording it. Now, obviously, there's no issue with Madison Cawthorn being gay. The issue is he says he is not and then bashes individuals who are living their truth. He's not living his. Let's put up one of the glorious pictures of Madison Cawthorn. See, that's when he was in lingerie. Remember that picture came out. Now for context, it is important to note that these things started coming out against Madison Cawthorn after he said Republicans invited him to an orgy and he saw them snorting cocaine. Well, number one, Congressman, that means you went to the orgy. And number two, probably what he said is actually true because they are coming at him with a vengeance. Cawthorn issued a statement on Twitter following the leak of that particular video. He said, and I quote, a new hit against me just dropped. Years ago in this video, I was being crass with a friend trying to be funny. We were acting foolish and joking, that's it. I'm not backing down. I told you there would be a drip drip campaign. Blackmail won't win, we will. Now, once again, let me remind you, all right? Madison Cawthorn is the guy who said that basically men are weak. And he talked about masculinity as if somehow masculinity is the end all be all to what being a man is about. He was raised Baptist and he's close to God and always has been. This isn't the first sexually charged video. Uh, we are able to show this one. Here it is. Be filled with passion and desire. Would like to see your naked body beneath my hands. Me too. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was touching uh, the genitalia of a man inside of the vehicle. He wears lingerie. He likes to, at least based on the evidence, dry hump other men in the face. Uh, Madison Cawthorn is in fact gay. Now, because of his religious upbringing, I'm sure he's struggling with this reality about himself. And so he goes around trying to be Mr. Tough Guy and bash individuals that he feels should be bashed. He's wrong for this, obviously a hypocrite. You see, he's expressing his sexuality through playfulness. Oh, I'm just playing. And now all of a sudden it's comfortable to the other person he's touching or humping or whatever else he's doing. Um, This was a questionable uh, Venmo message. Here are the messages from Venmo. Um, Madison Cawthorn, Stephen Smith paid uh, Madison Cawthorn. It says for loving me daily and nightly. Madison Cawthorn, uh, so the response is the quickie at the airport. All right, and then the next one is the stuff we did in Amsterdam. Then the next one is getting naked for me in Sweden. Okay. Lingerie picture again, okay? Are you getting the picture here? See, individuals like Madison Cawthorn, to keep that picture up. Because I'm so sick and tired of people who go around bashing members of the LGBTQ community. And they are part of it. But they are true hypocrites. 
They are trying to deflect, make you look somewhere else. No, don't look at me. I'm a man's man. I'm, I'm all masculine and 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 uh, gay is wrong. That's Madison Cawthorn, okay? Um, despite all of the Cawthorn issues, uh, remember how he described gender on the House floor? Remember that? Here it is. Your left-wing movement is forcing children to endure radical expressions of sexuality. And yet, you can't even define what a woman is. You might amend a bill, but you'll never amend biology. Science is not Burger King. You can't just have it your way. I am the youngest member of the House of Representatives. And I never imagined that one of my sacred duties in this hallowed chamber would be explaining to the House Speaker the difference between a man and a woman. Take notes, Madam Speaker. I'm about to define what a woman is for you. XX chromosomes, no tally whacker. It's so simple. You know, it's a damn shame we have people like this who are actually in charge of policy. They have influence, they have political power. Uh, but sir, we're gonna call you out here. We traffic in truth on indisputable. You, sir, are in fact a gay man. Maybe you're bisexual, I don't know. But this gay bashing is my business, your sexuality is not. You have to stop this, sir. Maybe become an advocate, maybe change your ways. Possibly there's an opportunity at redemption for you if you stop being such an arrogant, hating SOB. Thoughts? Yeah, I have to point out what a classic moment in American politics when someone's speaking on the floor of Congress and quoting the slogan of a fast food chain corporation. That's insane, first off. But also just Madison Cawthorn continuously continuously telling people he's straight, that the government should not be involved in marriage and that he has very traditional views. And belonging to a party that's running an assault on LGBTQ plus rights. And he's at the very least not not straight is, is what it seems. And we can criticize him for being a hypocrite here. And I think when a lot of the discourse starts to descend into homophobia and people being homophobic about what Madison Cawthorn's doing, that's really just fueling hate. And we're not just seeing that on the right, unfortunately. And it's yeah. clear that, that what's going on here, he was asked on that podcast when he first talked about the orgies and the drugs. He was asked, is Congress actually like House of Cards? Is that what DC is like? And what we see happening where Kevin McCarthy scolds him in his office, says you've broken my trust. And then a smear campaign against Madison Cawthorn comes out. That's the most House of Cards piece of it all. Why are you saying Madison Cawthorn's broken your trust if you weren't who Madison Cawthorn was talking about? That's right, very well said and great observation because Madison Cawthorn has said insane things before. He said things that were contrary to black people, contrary to diversity, contrary to the progress of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. That didn't violate any trust until he talked about the orgies and the cocaine. That was a trust violation. Well, that means he told the truth and that's what that means. I knew this was going to happen just a matter of time. They're not even waiting for the actual constitutional overturn. I'm talking about Roe v. Wade, the US Supreme Court ruling not even published. Louisiana is already creating a law to make a woman seeking an abortion the crime of homicide. That's what they're doing. Let's put up a picture of Representative Danny McCormick. Remember this guy, keep his picture up. This guy wants to advance a bill 
to make abortion a crime of homicide. In which the mother or those assisting her in terminating the fetus can be charged with murder. The measure cleared the House Appropriations Committee by a seven to two vote, despite at least one of the representatives voting in favor of it, acknowledging it's completely unconstitutional. Literally a guy voted for it and said, you know what we do, it is completely against the law. Criminalizing women for abortions, we don't even have the basis of the United United States Supreme Court decision. But fine, I'll do it anyway. Let's be very clear. This is going to be one of the absolute worst rulings when it becomes official. You already have this insane legislation to make a woman a murderer for seeking an abortion to a fetus exercising her freedom, her right to choose. Now, this goes back to the state. What's to stop a state from making it retroactive? You know states can do that by state law. They can make it retroactive. Now, it applies to those who have done it within a certain amount of time before the law was changed. What's to stop them from giving the rapist only five years? But the woman who got pregnant from the rape, 25 years. You see, it already happened in Alabama in 2019. They passed that law and the doctor could get up to 99 years for performing the abortion. That law was overturned and now Alabama has an opportunity to create that law again based on the Supreme Court ruling. We will see if anything changes once it is published. This is sickening. You know, they won't mandate child support to start at conception. Will they stop deporting pregnant undocumented women? Because now there's an American citizen inside of her body. No, they won't go that far, all right? There's more. Um, Representative Danny McCormick said House Bill 813 should move forward, even though the US Supreme Court seems poised to overturn Roe v. Wade that guarantees abortion rights as soon as June, according to an opinion leaked by the High Court this week. He says, we can't wait on the Supreme Court. McCormick, who is a Republican from Oil City. You know who wrote the bill? A reverend, a Baptist preacher wrote the bill. Put it up, here's his picture. He's the guy in the middle with his thumbs up, standing next to Danny McCormick from Oil City. McCormick's bill says the unborn should be protected at fertilization. He said the Reverend Brian Gunter of First Baptist Church in Livingston helped author the bill. No, he wrote the whole damn bill. He wrote the whole thing. No compromises, no more waiting, Gunter said. The bloodshed in our land is so great, we have a duty to protect the least of these amongst us, they don't give a damn about children. They defund programs that actually help children. I was a foster child myself. I remember when administrations changed and how funding would dry up from our foster care agency that I was in. They don't give a damn about 
those who are here and born. This is just red meat for them to create an opportunity to grab more political power using the religious element, preying on those that are indoctrinated into a certain belief system that somehow this is their salvation and it is not. They are antithetical to scripture, they are antithetical to biology and they are antithetical to freedom. The same people that are telling you the government is being too intrusive when they mandate a mask are the same people telling you that the government can intrude in a woman's uterus. Same group, there's more. If the Supreme Court ignores the US Constitution, this is what they're saying, you should ignore the court. The legislature has the right to disregard the Supreme Court. That is what they're saying in Louisiana. Opponents argued the bill not only put the mother and doctor at risk of murder prosecution, but criminalized in vitro fertilization and perhaps some forms of birth control. Ellie Schilling, an abortion rights attorney said the bill would annihilate the United States Constitution. Let's put up a picture of Representative Tony Machala. See that guy? He voted for the bill too. And then said on the record, what I'm voting for won't pass constitutional muster. That's what the man said on the record. And he still voted to approve it. Do you still think these individuals give a damn about the US Constitution? Do you still believe that they are constitutionalists? Do you think they care about rule of law? This man admitted what they just did is in violation of the United States Constitution and he voted to do it anyway. And you barely heard a peep from Democrats about this lawlessness. Jessica, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's exactly right that this is and always has been an issue that's about power at the end of the day for the Republican Party. Because until about the 70s, Republicans and Democrats were voting in equal proportions for and against abortion. And then Nixon ran in 72 and he was an anti-abortion candidate. And then the Republicans saw that this was a tactic they could use to win and they ran using this platform and picked up a bunch of congressional seats because they were getting a lot of votes from Catholics and socially conservative people and the Republican Party was not popular. They were supporting cutbacks and people actually wanted to see their tax dollars go towards things that benefit them. This is not popular among everyday working people when you have a party that's dedicated to corporate power like the Republicans have been for a long time and they needed something else to win and so they weaponized this issue of abortion and took advantage of people's religious beliefs and turned them into single issue voters. And they were ultimately voting against their economic self-interest when they were casting ballots for Republicans. And it's really sad, that's not something that should happen in a functioning democracy. And this really is about values. The Republican Party does not believe in the, the value of freedom or the right to life. The value of freedom, because people should have the right to choose what happens when they're making a very intimate decision about their body. And also a lot of Republicans will tell you their reason for being anti-abortion is because it's in the Bible. And so believing that everyone else is subject to your religious beliefs, do you actually support freedom of religion? Do you actually care about freedom and the right to life? Because in many medical cases, people who get pregnant need abortions to live because of complications, they will die. And so the Republicans really aren't a party of values. And that's never been what this is about. And we can't let them keep framing this debate in that way. 
Yeah, very well said. And I refuse to allow them to hijack my faith. I'm a Christian man myself. God gave me a brain before he gave me a book. I use my brain, I try to use it adequately. But they're even wrong about the text. Scripture shows even in the book of Exodus chapter 21, that if a woman miscarries because she is struck by a man, the penalty is a civil fine, not death. But if the woman dies, who is a person, the penalty is death of the man who struck her. It's real simple, logical, it's right there. So even their biblical pretext is incorrect. We have more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. A fork, please. Yeah, when your food comes out, I want a fork now. I want a fork now. I want a food now. Call him. I want my food now. My fork now. A fork, Paul. Short, ugly. Giving out free food to a. I didn't get fired. Does that make any sense, Solomon? You're a black bitch. Yeah. Karenicity runs deep in this one. Male Karen here. Normally. We're on the side of the person at the restaurant. This is different. Now, let me give you some background to where this happened. This was posted on ATL Uncensored, a video which was initially posted on TikTok shows a cashier at Choo Choo Express in Duluth, Georgia, being racist towards a black woman. She adds, this happens every time I try to order. I just happened to get it on camera. Before I continue, may I say, Madam, at some point, you have to be disappointed in yourself. If this happens every time you go there, why in the hell are you still spending money with this establishment? The food at Choo Choo can't be that damn good. Oh, I promise you that. So, Madam, I hope. This is a wake up call for you as well. If they do not respect respect your green dollars, do not allow them to have them, okay? You are a customer and you should be treated like such. You were not, it is unfortunate, but it is real. When we looked into this even deeper on the Google reviews about this particular restaurant, the reviews on Google for that same restaurant are filled with similar racist encounters customers experienced in the past. There's also another video that allegedly shows this individual running after someone with a kitchen utensil all the way outside of the restaurant. I could not independently identify or confirm the identity, even though many said that was him, I decided not to show it on the show. But we were able to independently confirm the reality of those Google reviews, as well as obviously this video. See, here's the thing, we have allowed a culture of status and race to really jack our thinking up. You know, we're all human beings, arguments happen, debate takes place. But when you start hurling racial slurs, when you start accosting individuals at this level, 
It shows that you think you are superior to the other person. There is no superiority here. We are all people. Now, here's what we're doing in Disputable. We provide a mirror, mirror for the opportunity at reflection and at correction. And let this be a mirror opportunity for this particular male Karen and anyone who thinks they can act like them. You may end up right here on a segment on Indisputable. All right, Jessica, thoughts on this? Yeah, whenever I hear people being upset about being on camera all of the time and people taking their phones out and recording in public, I always know that that person probably has some views that they're not proud of. Mm. And if there are things that you hold in your heart that you're not proud of, maybe you should interrogate that rather than blaming the people who are recording others so that we have some kind of accountability for situations like this. And seeing people go back time and again and record their interactions at this place, they know what goes on there. And it makes me wonder, are they going for the spectacle of it all? Are they going because the food there really is that good? Are they going because maybe there's not a lot of places to go out and eat? I don't know what the reason is for why members of the community keep going, but it makes me think that when you have situations like this, the community's got to come together and say, you know, we can't keep going here unless this person's fired or we've got to, to boycott this place. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, farewell said and 100% true. Okay, um, a racist man in Florida, okay? Yeah, Florida, a racist man in Florida, let's put up his picture. Uh, he decided to spew profanity laced and slur heavy language against black students. That's what he did. That is your pro racist person right there. He is reportedly also a parent of a child at South Miami Middle School where this incident took place on Monday morning. I'm gonna give you some background because the video was obtained by a local outlet. We cannot play it on air, but I can tell you what was on the video. The racist parent said, and I quote, Negro, you better get the elf away from me. Remember, he's talking to a black child. You better get away from me. I'll go to jail, but I knock, I knock you on your ass. Listen, Negro, get the F out of my face, effing Negro. That's what the racist parent was saying. A mother who requested anonymity and her husband tried to talk to the man, but the racist man wanted none of it, all right? The concerned mother was furious telling Seven New Miami, Seven News Miami, and I quote, I was boiling, I was boiling, I was very upset, I was disappointed. This is not the way a person should talk to a kid. And let me say this, big ups to those parents. Big ups to those parents because this could have went a different direction. This guy was so aggressive and so demeaning. And he looked as if he wanted to commit physical violence in the video. He literally went to his vehicle as if he was pulling out a gun. That's how deep this got, all right? There's more. Uh, the man who used the foul language was talking to her child. The mom said it all started when the man accused the kids of hitting his vehicle. He started coming at them and talking about that he will beat their ass, said the mother, calling them the N-word and kept coming at them and coming at them. Then the racist acted like he was going to get something from the trunk of the car that rightfully scared the kids who backed away. That was also when her son's friend started recording the interaction, all right? So the mother recounted further and said, he proceeded to continue to antagonize my son. So finally, my son 
turned around and was like, you're gonna hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. And he walked up to him and the guy just kept going. And you see from the video, he said he was going to beat his ass and kept calling them Negroes. At one point, someone calls the man the C word to which the racist retorted, I'm proud to be a C word. I'm happy with what I see in the mirror every day. Are you? Are you happy when you see black in the mirror? That's what he said to the child, to the kid. On Tuesday, the teen's parents went to the school to complain. And when they tried to confront the man from the video, he drove away, the mother said. At the end of the day, you gotta deal with the parents. My son, yes, he's a black boy. He has a mother and a father. You need to talk to us. You don't talk to him like that. Miami-Dade County Public Schools, they are aware of the situation. They released the statement, here it is. Miami-Dade County Public Schools is disappointed by a recent incident that took place between a parent and a student. Currently, Miami-Dade School Police is conducting a thorough investigation regarding the matter. The Miami-Dade County Public Schools remains committed to fostering a welcoming learning environment by highlighting the importance of respect and restraint. You know, I used to be a high school teacher and as a college professor, I enjoy the dynamic of education. Also understand what it means when an institution has to release a statement in defense of a student. How many times have we been right here on this show and I've read to you a statement from the school system and literally it's virtually the same statement from another district or the other district or district across the country. They have these cookie cut statements that never go far enough to actually advocate for the child. That is what's missing in all of these statements, a true advocacy of the child who has been offended. All right, we're gonna continue to follow this story. Uh, Remember, Republicans want you to think the greatest evil in school systems uh, is that teachers teach critical race theory. They don't even teach that, but they want you to focus on that because that's their red meat political narrative. All right, Jessica, thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about the impact on on the teenagers, they're they're pretty much kids, and for them to see that this is how adults are treating kids is not okay. And I hate that we have people on Fox News like Tucker Carlson every night saying that America is not a fundamentally racist country when stuff like this happens all of the time, and it's sickening. And it makes me think that we've really got to invest in restorative justice. How can this guy just drive away and avoid confrontation or any accountability from the school? or the other parents, that's insane to me. There's gotta be some accountability here. And and I don't know what we can do to, to force schools to have restorative justice programs because they're already terribly underfunded. But there's gotta be something better to bring up our kids under other than like having this person show up to the school and yell at a kid and instigate a kid. The fact that this happened recently is insane, but unfortunately not surprising. And it shows you his level of privilege. Remember, he said that he was going to beat the kid's ass. That's called a terroristic threat to a minor. That's what that is called. You get arrested for that typically. He has not been charged with anything. Now that may change because the the actual content has a level, um, has some viral elements to it. And after we post this um, segment on social media, more people 
will be aware and more pressure will come. But this should have been handled immediately. When you tell a child, I'm going to do A, B, and C to you, that's illegal. All right, that needs to be dealt with quickly. Okay, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Multi-millionaire socialite abuses children, okay? She's a predator. She recorded children for her own sexual arousal. And she has been let off easy in a weird plea agreement. Let's put up a picture full throttle here, all right? That's Hadley Palmer out of Connecticut. She has been charged with secretly filming minors in her mansion. She's already been released from custody in an unusual agreement. She's the daughter of wealthy hedge fund founder, Gerald Fine, and a mother of four herself. She pleaded guilty to secretly filming three individuals, including a child in a sexual situation in her home. The charges stated that she filmed someone either naked or in their underwear with the intent to arouse or satisfy the sexual desire of such person, the defendant or another person. She pleaded guilty January to three counts of voyeurism and risk of injury to a minor, okay? As part of the plea deal, the two most serious charges were dropped, employing a minor in an obscene performance and possession of child pornography. They decided that her money was more important than justice. They decided that the children she violated were not important. That's what they decided, all right? However, in a very unusual move, the judge ruled the criminal case can be sealed, okay? Can be sealed from the public despite the severity of the crime, limiting most of the details of criminal proceedings surrounding this. The judge ruled the case should be sealed over objections to the Associated Press, saying the need to protect the victims outweighed the public's right to know about the proceedings. It is known the victims were minors and that one is under 16. Now, here's the reality. Now, the judge is trying to play games here. They could redact the information of the minor and release the details of the case. They're sealing her record because the monster in question, the monster who has pled guilty has millions. This is typical in America, this is not abnormal, this is actually normative. It shows that the actual power in the criminal justice system is still money and influence. There's more, there was a lot of concern regarding the seal and Palmer's status had something to do with it. AP reporter Dave Collins, okay, argued against the move at a February hearing, claiming that the case was a second tier of justice where Palmer leveraged her wealth to keep things secret. I've never had a case where I've moved to seal the file. It's not a practice that you usually see in criminal court. The presumption in all courts, particularly criminal courts, is that the proceedings are open. That's completely correct. This was, this is what the judge wrote in the ruling that supported sealing her file. Now, let's put it up. Now, I want to remind you, this is all about her money, her status, and who her daddy is, okay? Between 2017 and 2018, 
The defendant knowingly photographed, filmed, and recorded certain individuals without their knowledge or consent and under circumstances where those individuals were not in plain view and had a reasonable expectation of privacy. And at least one photograph taken by the defendant depicted a person who was a minor. Um, while her sentencing isn't until August, she agreed to serve the minimum 90 days. That's it, 90 days uh, in the uh, in the New York Correctional Institution. That was part of the plea deal. Uh, she will have to register as a sex offender, uh, but her record will be sealed from public view. Well, you know what won't be part of that seal? This show, all right, and this segment. Put up a picture again. That's a monster, okay? That is a child damn predator. She's enabled by other monsters. The judge in this case, those who decided to look the other way, the prosecutor who allowed this ridiculous plea deal to go forth, they are monsters too. Let me tell you another chief monster in this case, put his picture up. You see that guy, he actually got arrested for real. Now, why did he get arrested? The investigation led to the arrest of Dr. Jerome F. Brodel. He's a child psychologist who failed to report the abuse, neglect or injury of a child. No surprise here. His file has also been sealed since he applied for accelerated rehabilitation. Damn, they're sealing the file of child predators. Do you see this? These people are sick. They're extremely evil. We're talking about children. We're talking about, listen, if you're corrupt, okay, whole lot of corrupt people in the world, we know that. But you do understand that gangsters wouldn't even be this corrupt. Drug dealers wouldn't even be this corrupt. You guys on a whole nother level. There's no, you've never been part of a gang bang until you've been part of a political one like this one. These are the real gangsters in society. These are the real thugs in our social order. They all are in on it. And there are actual victims. Children have been victimized by these monsters. And the remedy is to give a woman 90 days in jail to arrest the psychologist who was also in violation of public trust and the litany of other crimes. He had a duty to report. He had a duty to report. And all of them, they get to live on their merry lives because they got money, they got influence. Jessica, what are your thoughts about this case? Yeah, I think it's important to really highlight that this is unusual and rare for a case to be completely sealed like this. Like you said, we could have the evidence with any details about the victims removed and the rest released. And there's a deterrence factor in having criminal proceedings be open to the public. It's a part of our social contract, right? Regardless of how good you think our social contract is, you know, when someone breaks the law and does something that we don't think should be done in society, we hear it in a court of law. And she's probably embarrassed about what she's done, quite frankly. She should be terribly ashamed of it. And what's really interesting is there's no trafficking charges. So I wonder who, who these children are, where did they come from? 
Why were they in her mansion? And it's exactly like you said, it's a case where she comes from a lot of money. And I actually grew up in the county where Greenwich, Connecticut is. And just to wow. paint the picture of the difference of wealth, I grew up in Stanford in a neighborhood of people who were electricians, they were carpenters, they were bookkeepers for small businesses. They don't have college degrees. And a lot of these people go to Greenwich, Connecticut to clean people's houses, to work on their cars, to do mechanic work for them and carpentry work. And so she comes from a completely different world from everyday people. And our courts are treating it the same way. Yeah, yeah, it's sad, but you are right. Remember the guy who attacked Dave Chappelle? Well, it looks like he is in fact a Trump supporter and also had music saying uh, he was anti-Dave Chappelle. Uh, let me take you back to that video. Producers that hip hop has ever presented, the mighty man Lil. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for hip hop history. I don't agree with all of Dave Chappelle's jokes. I don't agree with all of Dave Chappelle's actions. I don't agree with how he has failed to be an advocate for the poor in many cases. But I absolutely do not agree with somebody rushing the stage with a knife tied to what looks like a gun, okay? Dave Chappelle could be dead, all right? Um, we got more information about the attacker. Let's put up his picture. Uh, this is what he looks like. What he looked like before the epic beatdown, okay? Uh, his name is Isaiah Lee, was identified as the man who sprang from the audience during Chappelle's set at the Hollywood Bowl in LA as part of the Netflix is a, Netflix is a joke fest that happened to us tonight. The 23 year, year old was arrested and charged with assault with a deadly weapon, a felony after the LA Police Department determined Lee was armed with a replica gun that allegedly aimed at Chappelle after he tackled the comedian. The replica gun featured a knife with a short blade and you're looking at a picture of it there. Evidence that this was all premeditated has now surfaced. Lee, Isaiah Lee, an apparent aspiring rapper who rhymed using the moniker no name underscore trapper recorded at least one rap song disparaging Chappelle and made at least one other song in which he rapped about walking straight into the bowl, which could be a reference to Hollywood Bowl where the attack took place. Lee's song that is specifically titled Dave Chappelle was released in 2020. It is on that song that Lee raps laugh at you in word joke, TMZ reported. Lee is also a Trump supporter. Lee has another song, defending, defending former President Donald Trump with lyrics that include MAGA my N word. And the open ended question, why is everybody always hating on my president? It was not immediately clear if those pro Trump sentiments played a role in fueling this attack on Chappelle Tuesday night, but law enforcement officials. Investigating the case are likely exploring that possibility. Chappelle, for his part, has made no secret of his disdain for Donald Trump. Well, look at that. Jessica, what are your thoughts here? I think 
there's something very strange going on in our society where public figures are subject to such wild things. Entertainers are people who have chosen a career that requires them be in front of a lot of other people. And people are just really treating these folks like spectacles, not human beings and just like projecting their opinions and insecurities onto these people. And if they say something that doesn't match their perspective or worldview, you know, they reject it if, if they can't bring it in. Because maybe they have people in their family who share the opposite worldview and they have to hold this worldview for their reality to stay the, the same and not change because change is uncomfortable. And they reject it so badly that they get so angry at these figures. They're not mad at that person specifically, but they're mad about what they represent for them. And I think it's it's sick that this kind of thing keeps happening and just how public figures are treated when these these people are just trying to do a job that requires them be known by many people that shouldn't mean they're subject to the kind of hatred that that we see. Yeah. And listen, I watch some of the responses of this and I understand people who are adversarial to Dave Chappelle because they don't like some of his jokes. I don't like Dave Chappelle jokes about the trans community. I don't like them. They're not helpful at all. And I expected more out of Chappelle. That's me personally. But I can't equivocate the victim of a joke to the victim of a deadly assault. That Dave Chappelle could be dead from that assault that happened. Um, so I don't want to become what I speak against by somehow giving an allowance to what happened to Dave Chappelle because I tend to disagree with Dave Chappelle and some of his comedic commentary. Jessica, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Yeah, it's been great being on. I'm on TikTok as Cub Burbank and check out the Rebel HQ channel under Jessica Burbank. All right, awesome. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.